دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی خاطر روی زمین گشت سردار آسمون به توی دروازه سردار آسمون گل به نام آسمون به برای ایران بزنه کریم اصلی فر Okay, welcome back to another episode of Golbazan. Today is just myself and Aria. We're doing a very impromptu podcast. It is 10.30 on a Tuesday, but we're here turning up for you guys. So uh, yeah, Aria, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for having me back on the podcast it's been a it's been a little while um and uh glad to be on uh speaking about the national team again uh and uh yeah um other things as well yeah so i guess like what we're going to talk about is the the squad get for the upcoming fixtures against uh hong kong and uzbekistan both in the world cup qualifiers hong kong being one that we're going to also play in the asian cup in january so i guess it's like the first like one of two games against them mm-hmm. and then we're going to be talking about um i guess like injuries exclusions any surprises and then finish off with the under 17 world cup as well um so i guess yeah the two games hong kong uzbekistan coming up these are two teams like we always play <laughs> we we seem to play them all the time yeah um you know we've played uzbekistan 11 times in the last 10 years. This will be our 12th outing against them, which is crazy uh, to be facing a team 10, uh, 12 times in 10 years. Um, and then Hong Kong, we, we faced them um, in the previous World Cup uh, qualification campaign. Um, Mark Wilmot was in charge actually at that time. I think we won 2-0 and we beat them again 3-1. Um, and we're playing them in the Asian Cup. Uh, coming up in January in our group stages, uh, so uh, yeah, we, we're we seem to be playing the same teams quite a lot, uh, as where you can put it uh, between those two teams. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we get a, a win in both of those games. I guess the Hong Kong one is an interesting one, given that we're playing them in the Asian Cup as well. Yeah. Um. So looking at the squad, I guess first of all, any surprises, any names that jump out of you? I guess the one maybe to highlight is uh, is Song Rodos who obviously won the goal of the month uh, in the Premier League playing for Brentford. He came on for maybe like 10 minutes and he won the goal of the goal of the month, which is quite incredible. Um, so he's, he's obviously in the, in the lineup. Uh, any other names that jump out at you? Yeah. Someone uh, scored a great goal uh, against Burnley uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think he's, he's really performed well uh, this season. Uh, he's um, done well for the national team as well uh, since the World Cup. So I think he's a he's a key player for us. We'll come on to him later on in terms of his position on the on the on the pitch. But yeah, I think overall the squad is a good squad that um, Gareth Louis called up. He seems to have nailed down his um, his key players that he wants in the squad. Of course, there's a couple of injuries. Uh, Prati Ganji is is still is just injured, so he's not going to be back. Uh, I don't know for a, for a couple of more weeks, maybe maybe longer. Um, but I think the bulk of this squad is there. Obviously, he's brought in a, a few youngsters uh, as well. Um, Jawade Jose Nejad, who was part of the previous squads as well. He's in. He's done really well for Sepahan this season. 
in the Persian Gulf Pro League, um, and he did well for the U, U, uh, U19s, uh, I believe it was, uh, for Iran. So he's in, and I think he, he'll be a key player, I think, going forward uh, towards the next World Cup. But he has brought, on, brought in other youngsters that we'll, we'll touch on to uh, as well. Uh, I just think that, um, you know, the, the the key the key element for this team is is ensuring that there there are leaders in that in that, in that dressing room, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's brought back uh, Omid Ebrahimi, which I think you know people will will criticize because obviously he is he is what almost thirty he's thirty six years old you know and um, you know he's he's injury prone he's had a few injuries quite long term, uh, so I think you know in that sense people can criticize that selection. But I do think, from a leadership from a leadership standpoint, he does offer a lot to this team because he is uh, a big leader in the dressing room. I I never really found Hoj Safi to be a great leader, very experienced footballer, but I wouldn't say he's a great leader. Um, or even Kani Mansori Far, I wouldn't say they're necessarily um, leaders in their own right, but they're very experienced players. Whereas I think Omar Ibrahim he does offer that. Um, so it's good to have him in, in the squad. But other than that, um, yeah, we'll go on to each each position then, and we'll speak about it. Yeah, I guess before we do that, like I guess like young players that will, like stand out for you, because on the last podcast we talked about how it would be good to get more young players because we were playing some friendlies and the young players weren't really being called up as much, and I guess uh, we sort of highlighted that like it's a bit puzzling as to why they hadn't been called up or, or played as much. So I guess, given these World Cup qualifiers, which young players are standing out for you? Well, uh, I think he's called up a good bunch of young players. You know, I think uh, I mean Hasbavi, who we saw do so well for for youth national teams, and he's now gone to Qatar Al Sadd. He's done pretty well there. Uh, his last couple of games actually been in good form as well for for Al Sadd. So. He's going to be a key player, I think, again, going forward, whether Kalanoi uh, puts the trust in him to start him, because he probably should have started him in one of the previous two games, or at least given him some game time. He didn't do any of that, so hopefully in these next two games, he gives him a little bit of game time. I do feel like Hasbavi needs that that step in the national team uh, to go and, and play. Um, but we, we are in the position where we have Khalid Zadu at 34 years old, uh, Kanoni 29, but he can be hit and miss, you know, with his attitude. And Majid Hossein is always injured. You know what I mean? So we need reliable young centre-backs to come through. Um, so that that's that's a good selection there, in, in my opinion. But then he's also brought in um, Arya Yousefi, who is a winger, plays for Sepahan as well, uh, did really well as well for the U20 national team uh, recently. Uh, scored some goals and um, he's done pretty well in the Persian Gulf. I think he's got two assists and two goals in like five or six games. So again, it's a positive selection in a in a in a key area of the pitch where we're we're starting to see players like Jahan Bash approaches thirty years old now. You know, uh, Torah B is twenty nine. We've got players who are kind of coming towards the latter parts of their prime. Uh, Mehrad Mohammadi is also in the squad. He's also 30 years old. So our, our wingers are a little bit older. Uh, of course, we've got players like Mohebi, who's 24. But reality is we need to bring in more young young wingers. And Arya Yousafi is a good uh, option to do, to do that towards the next few years. 
Um, and then finally, the striker is brought in um, uh, Saida Sahar Khizan. He is a, a striker for uh, Gold Gohar, uh, who again has had a decent start to the season for them. And he also did well for U20. So, yeah, there there are good selections there for sure. Whether they play and get the experience they deserve or they need, uh, we, we'll wait to see what happens. Mm. And I think you're completely right. We like we were one of the oldest squads at the World Cup, uh, the one that just passed. And I guess like what a big call was after these players retire. Like where are where what are we going to do? Like where are the talents coming from? And I guess like now it's a turning point. Seems like a bit of a transition period actually after this Asian Cup, where yeah. you know the, those players that you mentioned who have been starting for the national team for a long time, they'll move on. But it's I feel like it's, we, we've gone through this transition period before. I don't know if you remember. I think maybe the last World Cup or last Asian Cup, those those calls for like Jalal Hossein need to be called up because mm-hmm. that transition period wasn't working out. Like the results weren't there, and the new centre backs that were coming in weren't performing. Do you feel like a similar thing might happen in this situation? Well, you know, there there was. You're absolutely. I mean, at, at, before the 2018 World Cup, uh, Carlos Queiroz dropped Jalal Hosseini. Now, whether that was right or wrong decision. Um, it, it brought out a player like Majid Hosseini, who obviously uh, started because Cheshmi got injured, but eventually he got his he got his time and he moved to Trabzonspor as a result. So um, we do have to to bring in young players and 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 progress the national team. We, what's what's very important though, we we have to understand this. You know, people always speak about oh, we've got the same squad as, as we did five years ago. Yeah, we do similar to what we probably had five years ago but the reality is um it's a national team it isn't it isn't a an academy we don't we don't just bring in players for absolutely no reason just because we want to have a young team that isn't how it goes that that's that's ridiculous but when you have talented players such as javod um uh, hossein nejad for example who's done uh, so well uh, this season uh, for the national for the for the uh, first club Sepahan, he has to be given that encouragement to come in and, and show his talents at national team level. Um, so, you know, he, same with Hasbavi, they they need to be given encouragement to come in and do that. Um, but the one thing that I would like to always allude to that I think is very important is again we are we aren't a, a top nation in, in the world, we aren't. A, you know, top ranked team. We we haven't had successful World Cups in the last couple of editions, uh, even though we've done well performance wise in some games, especially like against uh, Spain and Morocco, whatever. We didn't have successful World Cups. We didn't get to the second round of the World Cup. So we do have to, um, again, call up the best players as much as, much as possible. But what's important is, is we have to make use of the cycle of a World Cup. The four-year cycle that we have between now and 2026 is a very important cycle because if we can bring in a guy like Sahar Khizan or whoever, Arya Yousefi, and produce the, a player from that talent into someone that's, you know, uh, uh, high level, can go to Europe, do really well, then in 2026, we've got a player who is is um quote unquote as we say in um Farsi um is somebody who's been cooked, you know, he's he's cooked, he's ready to 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 do well at a high level. 
so that that's what we need to work on is can we progress our generation uh that we currently have and bring in young talents who are talented but already have a little bit that we can we know in the next few years can become relevant for us in the World Cup. Mm. And we'll talk about, I guess, like the, the younger players even still, so the under-17s um, towards the end of, of the podcast. So do stick around for that because I think that also brings up a lot of, I guess, notable things that like I, I guess could be beneficial as well. So I guess like honing in on the positions of this squad, um, you already mentioned a few injuries. So you mentioned Alayar, you mentioned Puerto Ganji, no, no, Alayar's not injured. We'll come on to him later. Oh, he's not been injured? No, no, no. We'll oh, okay. come on to him later, yeah. Well, keep going, sorry. Okay, so Puerto Ganji, uh, Um Okay, so those, those are the injuries. Puerto Ganji we talked about in the last episode for following his like, pretty reckless challenge. So I guess like from the from the positions, so defence, midfield, attackers, um, any sort of surprises that jump out of you that you want to highlight? I think they're all pretty standard apart from like, the young players that we mentioned. Well, goalkeepers, uh, goalkeepers are as as it is. I think that's the best three goalkeepers we currently have. Um, I think defenders, again, I think he's called up the best we have at this point. I don't think there's any more he could really do with that. Uh, obviously, Prali Ganji's injured, so he he chose to bring in um, Mohamed Donishgar and obviously Mohamed Gorbani, who again another youngster come in. He's twenty two years old. Um, he can play centre back, but also defensive midfield. Where he has been more for Sepahan. Um, but yeah, defense is defense. That that's the best we could do really with it. I don't think there's any changes there that are that are gonna happen in the next couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I I guess the notable thing is is the fullback position because you have you have Mohammadi and you have Moharami and you, like which one which one sort of starts, I guess, but yeah, well, um, yeah, absolutely. That's, I, th- that's I think Mohammi, Mohammi Rezaian are, are are always a toss up as in selection. Uh, Rezaian is a little bit more uh, favoured over Mohammi at national team level. Uh, I think Mohammi is is a talented player. He's done really well at, at club level. He's being quite a regular starter for Dinamo Zagreb, which was always the the issue with him is could, can he be a regular starter? And he is now. He's done really well uh, for Dinamo Zagreb over the last couple of seasons. Um, but Ramirez Oyon gives us an extra element, which is his crossing ability. Which I don't think Muharami has. I don't think Muharami, now that we know the player quite well, I don't think that that's really his forte. But what he gives is a lot of energy and pace, which is really important against teams who have maybe slower uh, flanking players. Um, and then obviously Haj Safi and, and Mohamadi, who are obviously teammates at AEK Athens. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a, a toss up because I think Hoysafi is a, is a is a better choice than him. Um, but Mohamed is obviously um, he scored in last. He scored against the uh, the last team, didn't he? We played against. So I think he scored a goal in our second last game or whatever it was um, against Jordan. Or sorry, against uh, yeah, against Jordan. Uh, if I'm not oh, mistaken, yeah. yeah, he did. I think, I so, think, think so. I don't know. So, yeah, yeah he, he, he did. So, so yeah, th- they're the best two options we have. Mm. And then, I guess, like midfield, uh, obviously, you mentioned Ebrahimi coming back. I think the only real question mark is whenever he comes on, he does get injured very, very quickly. So, as long as he can kind of stay fit, I've got mm. no problem with this. I think he brings a, a, a load of experience and he's he's also very good on the ball. I, I like I like how he plays. He breaks yeah. down the play very well, but I guess the question mark is age, how much he can run, and and injury prone. 
I don't think he'll be playing for this match for, for these two different match. I don't. I don't think. Uh, Aaron I don't Lee think he'll be playing either. We'll start him. Um, I don't no. see it. But um, a good option again for leadership for this national team, especially when you have young players coming through. Like for example, you got a um, uh, who plays in the same role as him. It's a good thing to have him in the squad. Um, only never when we used to play for Sepahan, so he has that kind of. He gives good, um, you know, leadership skills uh, for these youngsters to 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 feed off of. Um, I think in the national team, uh, but the, you know, I'm obviously really impressed how Ali Karimi has been getting on in Turkey. Uh, he's doing well. He scored a goal recently as well, so maybe he he plays. Uh, but I really liked when Kalenoi uh, chose to to play with uh, Salman Kodus and Zatolai. Uh, as a midfield pairing in the middle, I think that really works, uh, especially against these lesser nations in Asia. I think that works really well. Um, I think someone has uh, really developed into a much more mature midfielder than maybe he used to be. I think he used to be more of an advanced, attacking-minded player. Used to be a striker at times, you know, at club level, but now I see him more as a def- not defensive-minded player, but somebody who can do both jobs forward and backwards. And he 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 looks a lot more. He looks a lot fitter this season. I don't know if you agree with me, Cena. He looks a lot. Yeah, fitter. I I do agree. Uh, I so do I think, agree. I like think he, he was. Sorry to interrupt. I mean, he was taking what? up roles against against Qatar, like far deeper than what he what I was used to seeing him. So he was like you know demanding the ball from the centre backs, going far far behind and. But he can yeah, do that. Yeah, very cool. He can, he can he, do of that. Of course he can do that. Of because he, he has the quality, you know, uh, he has the quality on the ball. People will say he's not the, the the quickest player or the most hard-working footballer in the world. That could be true. But he has the quality, which we don't necessarily have in that role. Uh, so we need that uh, in this national team, in that position. So hopefully he continues playing him there. Um, obviously, we have Ahmad Norlahi as well, who we all know what I think about him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's keep going. And then uh, attackers, you have Tarami, Osman, Asari Fad. I guess like I mean, there's no, and obviously you got the two others. But I mean, you, you just, it it doesn't really seem like a surprise here. It would just be Tarami and Osman. Well, well, the wingers first and foremost. I think Jahan Baksh and, and Mohibi are, are are kind of at the moment nailed down for that role um, until Quarizade uh, comes back in. We'll see how that kind of changes the landscape of the wingers. Uh, but yeah, for the strikers, Osmo and Taremi, Osmo scored a great goal uh, recently for Roma. Uh, sh- I think should get more game time for them, uh, but we'll see. I, again, I'm not. I wasn't too impressed with that move to Roma, considering they they just signed Lukaku. They had Belotti. Um, I just don't see how that move really benefits him. Um, as on loan, especially they've got a lot of strikers. They have a yeah, lot of strikers. Yeah, they do. Obviously, and went with with Tammy Abraham coming back as well. Potentially, like that's, yeah, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just don't see how that move benefits them, especially towards the second half of the season. As you're saying, Abraham will come back in January, hopefully by that by that time, uh, and then Osmond won't have really any game time because Tammy Abraham's a key player for Roma. So. I just don't see how that move was 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 uh, made, but you know, hopefully, he continues to score some goals uh, mm. this season. Uh, you know, Reza Asadi has come back in as well. Uh, he scored a, a nice free kick uh, for Sepahan. Um, he, uh, you know, 
he's a player who played in centre back for Tiraktor a few seasons ago. He was playing in midfield for Saipa before that uh, for Press Police. He was playing as a striker, midfielder at times, and now and when he was in um, he was also playing in Austria as well recently. He was also a midfielder and he got injured quite badly, but now he's a striker. So he's played everywhere, literally in every position, just not being a goalkeeper yet. So um, good to see that he's become what he has become, but I don't think he should be uh, relied upon as a, as a key player for this national team. I think mm. we have better strikers than him. Uh, I, I, I really want to see Ali Ali Poor come back in the, the mould. I know he's had an ACL injury. He's still not back. I think he's been out of action for about six months now uh, with the ACL tear that he had uh, last season. So hopefully Ali Ali Poor gets himself back as well. Uh, but other than that, um, the squad it picks itself. Uh, I think it's a good squad um, by Kalanui. Mm. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, the, maybe I mean... the only the only player who wasn't called up maybe deserved it in, in quotation marks is Metikoedi, uh, who's done fairly well uh, for uh, Kalba in, in uh, UAE. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, he, he, I don't think Koyedi is a, a game changer, you know, for, for this national team. Uh, and obviously Aloyar as well, who mm. has, hasn't played for Hull City. Um, yeah, so. we'll talk about that now, actually. But I mean, with, with Osmond, yeah, you're right. Like, it's, it's, it was a weird move to Roma. He did score a very nice goal, but I mean, with with Leverkusen smashing in the Bundesliga at the moment, you can't help but think that maybe he would have maybe helped that lineup and continue their form going into the second half of the season. Yeah, but yeah, they've, is, they've been they've been brilliant, Leverkusen this season mm. um, under uh, Alonso, but you know he's not he's not there, so can't do much mm. about it. So talking about Alayar, so I guess mm. um, he's come back from injury. He's in. He's in the squads playing for Hull City, but he's not actually. He's not starting. I think he came on as a sub for, a, for like what five minutes in one of the games a few a few weeks ago. Um, what's going on there? Like, why has he come from? Why has he gone from? I guess like being a very strong contender for the national team to now not getting any game time for Hull City. Um. Well, uh, Alayar um, should be in the national team. He should be. Um, it's. It's it's very sad that he isn't, um, but it's understandable from the coach's perspective why he isn't. Uh, he hasn't played a lot of games. He hasn't started really any games uh, this season for Hull City. Uh, he hasn't scored any goals either. Um, Alayar had an injury in, in, in the summer. He was told that he was going to be a starter this season. And then they made a couple of signings. Um, the management made a couple of signings in Hull City. And as a result, you make signings in, in a club. Most of the time, those players are are told or the coaches kind of encouraged to start those players because, you know, you've made new signings. You don't want to alienate them. So he, they chose to not play Alayar as a result of those signings. Now, does that mean Alayar should give up and not play? No, he should obviously try to get his place back. Um, but I think it's become harder than he expected it to be um, to get in this squad. They haven't actually done that badly, Hull City. So they don't actually need a lawyer, if you look at it in that sense. They don't actually require his his game. Uh, so 
from that perspective, I don't think it's a problem that he's not playing uh, from Hull City's side of things. But from his own side of things, he's missing out on national team football. He's going he's gonna to miss the Asian Cup potentially. So he has to find a club this January uh, to get back in the national team uh, or at least build his career back again because he's losing that touch now. Um, you know, he has to make sure that he gets a good club this January that offers him game time, guarantees him game time. It might mean stepping down two or three levels, you know, uh, to do that. But he has to do it because he's like he's an important player. He's 22 years old. He's somebody who had so much talent as a youngster. And it's a, it's a shame to see a guy who was so good for the U17s in, a, in a 2017, 2017 U17 World Cup, you know, scoring goals against Germany and not playing, and then you've got the current U17 squad doing so well as well, but they're also potentially going to be in Alayar's position in the next four or five, six years. So that's the problem that we're facing with Iranian talents is they're, they're so good at young age, but they, they seem to have this... Um, <clears throat> some, of the, some of them, not all of them, some of them seem to have a, a bad period within that um, kind of 20 to 25 years old, which kind of ruins their career when it gets to that key key um, prime years. Yeah, there's a point I was going to mention when we were going to mention the under-17s, but on, on Alayar, it's, it's a sad story that's happening right in front of our eyes because he was poised to go to the World Cup. He got, he got a very, very bad injury, of course. Yep. missed out on the World Cup and we I remember saying very very like I remember on the podcast we mentioned he needs to get fit he needs to get training time he needs to get rehab whatever in order to put himself in a good position to, to go to the Asian Cup in my mm. opinion the Asian Cup's done for him now like there's there's absolutely no chance he's going to be in the Asian Cup it's it's finished in my opinion well, he wouldn't start he wouldn't start any matches if he went I don't even him. think they'll take him honestly no, I don't if, even think they'll if take they him. took him he wouldn't start that's the truth he wouldn't play any matches so Mm. but uh, I mean he hasn't been involved at all for like what yeah. a year and a half like he, I, I don't think I don't know he's going to take that risk personally yeah. so yeah. I don't see him even going unless there's maybe a lot of injuries last minute but I don't I don't see that happening so it's a sad story and now he's not playing for Hull City and he was, he was playing fairly consistently before so yes I think you're right he needs to maybe step down a level I don't think I don't think like he should stay at Hull City if he's not getting any game time. But I guess he needs to be part of that transition period because he, he is still a very young player and he's got a lot of yeah. potential. I think Turkey is the best place for him to go to. He, I think Turkish League is, is a good league for him to settle in again because he was there as a youngster. He was a little bit too young for the league. Um, but I think if he goes back there now, I think he would settle in well. Uh, so I hopefully, I think he has some offers from the Turkish League. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Mm. Okay, cool. And then talking very, very briefly about the under-17 before we wrap up the podcast, I guess uh, they've been doing fairly well in the in the World Cup right now in, in Jakarta. Um, yeah. So they, they beat Brazil, amazing performance. And they very narrowly lost to England, which is a very sad, I guess, like result. They they lost two one, and they're playing. Mm. I don't know which country they're playing. New Caledonia. So yeah, I don't. I haven't actually heard of them before. Sorry if you're, <laughs> if you're listening from there, but um, but they they they've been losing with like big big sums. So that should be an expected win. I guess the only way that they will progress is if England beat Brazil, and around or or they draw, 
and Iran win the next game and then they'll progress to the next round, which is which would be amazing to see. Yeah. Um yeah. And I guess the point you were making, and I guess like the point that I wanted to make as well, and it's the, it's the problem I have with with our country is we are so talented. We have so much raw talent when it comes yeah. to football and, and and sports. Absolutely. And and that that's proven by you know going head head to head with the likes of of England, going to you know with Brazil. These Brazilian youngsters are probably the most talented when it comes to football in the world. Well, I would say they're defending champions uh, of the U seventeen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What happens in that transition between under seventeen to senior level, where it just doesn't work out? It just doesn't work. Is it is it a lack of motivation? Is it the infrastructure that's not that's lacking in in our country compared to say England? England's infrastructure at that level is is obviously very very high. I don't know what it is, but maybe maybe it's the visa situation. They can't play abroad in a lot of countries. It's no. it's something that we we are missing. It's not talent. We we have the talent. There's just a gap in between youth level to senior level. I mean, see, you know, I can speak about this for all day. Uh, you know that um, because yeah. you know the reality is, as you're mentioning. Uh, I put a tweet out today, which I've got a little bit of a uh, stick for it. But England, if you ever go to like, even if you go to like League One academies uh, in England, like the third division of English football, fourth division, or even, or even universities, by the yeah, way, yeah, like, like you not, don't yeah. understand the amount of uh, opportunity pampering, um, like the fantastic facilities the amazing equipment clothing that they have at their disposal coaching coaching, coaching as well yeah coaching everything really i mean okay not everyone's amazing in england but for the majority a lot of it's pretty darn good right like it's not rubbish compared to iran you know when you compare it to iran it really is night and day like the the, the quality of everything when it comes to everything in football. Um, so when, when I say the England players should be ashamed of themselves for losing, to, or not losing, for almost losing to Iran, what I really mean is, I'm, I'm saying it from, from a holistic standpoint, England football as a whole should be absolutely smashing Iran in every department, in every game they ever face against Iran. And yeah, they 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 absolutely smashed us in the World Cup in the in senior level, but that should have been the exact same performance in the U seventeen level. It should be no difference, absolutely no difference. Mm-hmm. If you look at the quality of of like training, etc. <clears throat> but you can see, as you mentioned, Iranians have so much talent that at, at that age they can go head to head with England at U seventeen level. They can at that age, not at senior level. But definitely at youth mm. level, they absolutely can because they have a talent. They have the natural um, love for the game. It's such a it's so bred. Like you know, compare us to other Asian countries. I don't think a lot of other Asian countries have as much passion for football as we do. In my, opinion. I don't think a lot of countries. Maybe Japan, potentially like Australia, but even Australia, I don't think. No, not Australia. Australia. No, not Australia. No. But even that, like maybe South Korea. But other than that, I really think we are one of the most passionate footballing nations in Asia that we can produce players at a really high level. So if you combine that with what England have in infrastructure and youth development and grassroots development, 
before even U17s, before they even get to U17s, if you can combine that with our talent level and our physical attributes that we've got as well, we would be easily one of the best nations in the world. You see that in our we futsal. You see, you see that you see that you see that in our futsal. You see that in in volleyball. We see that in basketball. Maybe in the past, you know, we've seen it in in wrestling and and um and weightlifting. We have a lot of talent in sport, but it only comes down to the fact that we just don't have the right. Uh, nurturing for these youngsters but yeah i definitely agree with you there's a gap between under 17 level and senior level and that's the gap that's honestly in my opinion stopping us from getting to quarterfinals semi-finals yeah. even finals of world cups and i'm not even exaggerating there i think we have the talent in order to compete with with, with the big guys yeah but, 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 but fair pl- but fair play to the abdi hosin abdi the head coach of the u17 he's, he's done really well with this with this team to to beat to beat brazil fantastic performance to come back and to do that against England um, great just hopefully they go as far as they can in this competition mm, for sure alright cool so I guess to recap um, the, these two games that are coming up the first game against Hong Kong um, is on the 16th of November so Thursday this Thursday this podcast is coming out on Wednesday so we've got a day might be coming out um, you might be listening to it after yeah, the Hong Kong game we'll try and cover both obviously we're trying to, trying to cover both games uh, today but um, we'll be back again after the, the matches are finished. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. And then the Uzbekistan game um, will be on the 21st of November, so that's the Tuesday, so next next Tuesday. Um, and then it would be, that'll be the end of the international break. And I guess the next, the next games we're playing as a national team will be the Asian Cup. So that's in January. Uh, we'll have a little friendly match, I think, before the Asian Cup. Nothing remember. scheduled at the moment. But I think we had if, one. I can't remember. Do. It was against one of the kind of lower-ranked Asian countries. I can't remember who it was against. Uh, but it's a bit of an irrelevant friendly, to be honest with you, because, yeah, we can go straight to the Asian Cup after that. Okay. Yeah. And the first game is actually with Palestine, so I'm not even sure if that will go ahead, um, given yeah. given recent events. Yeah. Uh, but... But yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated for sure. So before we wrap up, uh, what are the fan questions for this episode? Um, so we have one question here uh, on Twitter or on X as we call it nowadays uh, from at uh, I love Iran twenty uh, five. Uh, he's asking um, <laughs> uh, which players in U seventeen team uh, you see as the future team Millie players. Um, I I quite like uh our number eight um Razarinio, uh, I mean uh, Amir Razarinio. He's done really well in midfield. He looks like a very complete midfielder. Seems to have um a very good footballing brain, IQ, uh, and I think that's going to translate well if he moves to Europe because that's what what European teams are looking for: players who are clever. Uh, especially as a midfielder, um, obviously Nima Andars, who the right back, who I think somebody mentioned um to me on on uh, on Instagram or whatever that um it's he's like the Carvajal of Iranian football, which I actually do see. He, he plays a lot like Carvajal, to be honest. He has this kind of body type as well. Uh, he's quite quite you know quite um stocky, um and and physical. He has that kind of style of play. Um, so yeah, I think those two are very kind of top players uh beyond that you know you have obviously Castro Taheri who's kind of like a a celebrity now <laughs> he's become very popular I think that's because of his looks more than anything else but he's a, he's a good footballer nothing, nothing to take away from him there but uh yeah he's very young he, he he's got a bit more to go I think than everybody than uh, a few other other players in the team but um I think of, other than that 
obviously there are Koli Zade is a quite good player. Um, the left back, uh, Zole Khai, uh, looks pretty decent as well. And the goalkeeper Arsh or Arsha uh, Shakuri who uh, Shakuri uh, who um made a bad attempt uh, towards that game against England. But other than that, I think the team is solid. But I think those two. Uh, Nima Andars and uh, Razagini are are good players to look at. But not, none of them play none of them play outside of Iran, right? They're, no. they're still in Iran. No, yeah. we don't. We don't have. That's actually another thing. You know why? Why it's quite interesting, isn't it? Why we haven't brought in players because there are young seventeen-year-olds who are playing in European leagues who haven't really been chosen. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is, and it's the reason why I think it's the, it's the thing that Carlos Quare has changed was a scouting network. We don't have that. No, I've mentioned it so many times. We don't have it. You yeah. look at countries like Turkey. Um, Turkey has scouts all over Europe in every country, and they just hire um, Turkish people, like a Turkish coach who works in Turkey, for example, or sorry, in Germany or like France or whatever, to go and scout like three or four players a month. Uh, they pay them a, a very basic rate, and. Turkey produced so many young players as a result of that uh, from European countries and if Iran did that it would be unbelievably astounding it just hasn't happened um, you know I, I can't keep going on about it it's just not, not going to happen anytime soon um, I, feel like, I feel like you'd be perfect for that job well <laughs> you never know you never know uh, um, next question we have here is with nine games, uh, Galnoy's tenure as head coach of the national team. How satisfied are you with his managerial work uh, up until this point? Uh, well, we look at his statistics. He's played twenty-seven. He's played nine games, twenty-seven goals scored, and five goals conceded since the World Cup. Um, good statistics there. Um, when you look at the, I've not actually. I'm going to be honest. I've not watched all of the matches since the World Cup. I've been very busy with work, but from what I have seen. Uh, there are still things we have to improve on. I think he needs to look at can he get the right starting lineup. I think I'd love to see um the youngsters come in and and help out w- w- as the best they could. But I think he needs to find his style of play, which I think he started to do slowly but surely. Uh, I think Samong Mudus is going to be key for him in that midfield. Um, so in that sense, he needs to make use of someone good news. If you can do that, I think he'll be so good for, for the national team. Um uh, I think I think he's done well though. I, I don't want to criticize Galway. We think I think we were quite harsh with him. Not harsh, but I think we were quite critical of him when he first came in. I think he's done well. So I don't want to be too critical of, of Galway at this point. We'll see how he gets on in the Asian Cup of course. I don't know what I you think th- um one one thing that he's added to I guess our style of play that hadn't hadn't been there before maybe it's because of his player selection. Yeah, with Rezaian and and Rodos is nice. set set pieces. That was that was an area of our game where we weren't really that dangerous before, and I guess now he's right. added it. And like against Qatar, we scored two goals from corners, I think, right? And then before as well, we we scored a few from set pieces. Um, yeah, that's the area of the game that I've been impressed with. But that might be just because of the selection of players. I think where he maybe falls down upon is is game management. <clears throat> Um, and yeah. how he sort of manages his, his players on an individual basis. For instance, Pirelli Ganji going in for a challenge like that in a friendly when, you know, the, the momentum was on their side, didn't make sense. He yeah. was risking himself. And I feel like, obviously, he, like a manager can only do so much. 
but you, you I've seen a few challenges, a few like pretty reckless challenges or risky challenges in the penalty box, especially Mike Cannonley, where he could maybe manage that a bit better. Mm. But again, there's only so much a manager can do. Yeah, with Cannonley, it's it's a it's kind of a hard thing to do, to be honest with you. That that guy's just a bit he's just hot, he's hot headed. He's just, just not easy to deal with whatsoever. Um <laughs> And that's a question actually we got from Twitter from Conscious Flesh uh, asking, is he so much better than the competition that we have? He's a good player. He's not rubbish. You know, he scored two goals against, two, two goals against Qatar. He's not a bad player. He's just a bit of a, you know, I-word. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but he's a bit of an I-word. You know, he just isn't a great personality to have around the team. This is his reality. Uh, the previous question, uh, got the question from... Um, at Robert84915, and we also had it from the Javadi kid. A uh, couple of questions to go. Um, uh, we have a question here from uh, Rahbar Omid90. He asks, given Prali Gadju's injury, uh, will the defence be able to hold down the back line in his absence? Yeah. I don't think Prali Ganji would ever really start for the national team anymore. Uh, if he was, even if he was fit, I don't really see him as a starter anymore. Um, I think Majid Hosseini and Kanoni are the main main two. Um, for now, anyway. Um, and then last question we go from Instagram. We got one here from uh, Resigno dot ftbl. Uh, he asks, um. How does this U17 team compare to the one in 2017, which we came on to earlier about Alayar? Um, good question, actually, because that U17 team was pretty good. You know, they beat Germany like 4 0 or something like that. So they were a very good U17 team under uh, Abbas uh, Chamanion, the head coach. And now this one's obviously under Hossein Abdi. I think. They're similar in the sense they have very talented players in each team. Was that team had Younes Delphi, um, they had Taha Shariati, um, uh, Hossein Hossein Esmail Zadeh, I think it was it the centre back, Mama Sharifi, I think was it playing that team, if not mistaken, and a few other players. Um, but none of them really, Younes Delphi, who we interviewed, none of them. Have excuse me, have made it at all, you know, none of them literally. Like, Aloyar, we thought would be the only one who makes it, and even he's now in limbo, you know. So, none of them have really come out to be anything at this point. So, even though this U17 team is very talented, it looked really good, is it because they've got a very good team? And it's because Hossein Abdi's done so well to get this team to play well together and not so much the individuals being that great? Or is it because we do have good individuals? I, I don't know. Uh, and if we do, are they going to become something in the next five years when it matters, you know? So it's the hard... It's, it'd be really, it'd be a real shame if, if, if the whole team, we don't get at least two stars from it, you know? Um, but yeah, the way it is what it is. We need to wait and see what happens. But that's all. All right, nice. Well, thank you so much for the questions. Um, really like hearing them, so do keep sending them in. 
Um, I guess we'll wrap up the podcast there. So thank you so much for listening. You guys at home and enjoy the two games. We'll be back with another podcast after the boat, after the Uzbekistan game. Yeah. And spaces um, as well yeah. before the matches as well. well. Yeah. And spaces before the game. So definitely do keep your notifications on on X, formerly Twitter. And it feels yeah, weird yeah. saying that. It just doesn't wow. feel right. I, I don't um, know why he changed it, but it is what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. Not, not the right podcast to talk about it. No. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and uh, yeah, see you very soon. Thank you. I'm playing for the Iranian national team and Brentford Football Club and you're listening to Golbezan podcast.